the Podjectivity Network. There's still so much for me to do. Yeah. Number 27. Coming off a sprained ankle. Pretty good, right? Kevin Harlan. <laughs> that was poor. <laughs> what? I disagree. That's what I remember from like 1983. Do they sound different now? Color commentary is a thing. There's guys that like to have their little catchphrases. Mm-hmm. From way downtown, bang. What? Bang. Yeah. What is that? It's like their catchphrase. Bang. Yeah. Marv Puts Albert's. it in. <laughs> yeah. Mike Breen does to the that tin. Too. Bill Rafferty. Yeah. I love to to listening tin. to the Radio Packers guys. There's mm. the one guy who just seems like he's been doing this for a thousand years and he kind of sits back. And then the other guy's in charge of excitement. Mm. Are these on? They're pa- yeah. The Welcome pa- to Pack Attack with <laughs> <No>. Chris Adams. <laughs> Welcome back to Pack Attack. Uh, yes, for many years it was Jim Irwin and Max McGee. It's and Jim Irwin was the voice of the Bucks. And the Packers was did he was. die in a? I don't know. He's uh, he aged out for sure. Okay. Um, and then we got Wayne Larravee, yes. noted uh, Chicago broadcaster. Wayne. He, he does the Bulls. Uh, you don't hear a, lo- on the a lot of Waynes anymore. That is an old name, but he's still doing it. Dan, did you say? Wayne. Oh yeah, Wayne. Now Wayne Larravee's in his prime. He does. He does Bulls home games, so he's employed by like Chicago Radio or the Bulls. He does Packer games on Sundays. Who's his partner for Packers games? Larry McCarron, The Rock. Wayne and Larry. Wayne and Larry. Coming at you. And, they, don't, uh, they never say coming at you. Larry McCarron's no, all right. The Rock, he's okay. His claim to fame is he has a pinky that goes straight sideways because he's an offensive lineman. Was so he like, The Rock before Dwayne Johnson was? Absolutely. Who's the excitable one? That's Wayne Larravee. He's the dagger guy. He's great. That's dagger man. And once in a while, they bring in uh, Mark Tauscher, Wisconsin native, uh, Marshfield native, I believe. Played for the Badgers. An offensive lineman. Also, so he knows the game from that So he's a huge white guy. Huge white guy. with, And he used to be like... Uh, Mark Tauscher, yeah. Long he's hair. Local like, or something, isn't he? Long haired guy. Uh he has his own radio show, doesn't he? I think so. I've gotten off of terrestrial radio for the most part as a podcast addict. I think um, Wayne needs Larry. They play really oh, yeah. well off each other. Yeah. A one-man booth is kind of rough. Uh, look no further than the Bucks, home radio announcer, uh, Ted Davis, who does a lot of one-man booth. And that is a... Lonely gig? I have to give a little <laughs> round of applause. Like... That is not an easy task to spin a broadcast by yourself. And he he may or, I I'm kind of off of terrestrial radio, but he did it by himself like whenever I heard him. And I think he occasionally has a partner, maybe he's got a permanent partner now, but it's just him. The mic goes hot and it's just Ted Davis welcoming you to Bucks basketball. The time on the Allen Bradley clock is 6:15, which means it's time for Bucks basketball. And wow. all the reads, all the marketing reads, the action, play-by-play, and color man. 
Uh, the, uh, the things you would have to do to keep yourself entertained. Ugh. Well, well, part of part of you must just really be a fan, right? I mean, if the, if you love basketball, then you get a great seat for some high world class action. Like that dude's getting to watch the best athletes in the world at what they do. You know, do it up close and. I don't know. Have you good. ever gone to your kids' sports games and ever felt a little? No, I'm not saying for yeah. me. It's it would they be suck ideal. though. So <laughs> no, they Ted don't. Davis gets to watch the. Bucks. They're wonderful. Uh, but that's a lot of games. How many? I don't home know if games? he still does it because again, I, I'm well, out of yeah. the radio thing. It's one of those things that you say it's a grind. Eighty-two but, games, but it's a dream job for a lot of people who are just fans and love sports and like, you know, sit there and. Describe some awesome things that are happening. And oh my god! And if you're a former player, I'd like to know how you guys feel about the former players who may have no business being broadcasters behind a mic, really. But they just yeah, we're former players. It so. would be fun to do a podcast. I can't think of any. Grant, <laughs> Grant Hill. It would be fun to have the he three sucks. of us do a game, a oh. basketball game, and Tansy be- said Grant Hill sucks, and Grant Hill's so nice. He's the nicest guy, but he's a terrible broadcaster. In the boring parts, we could just talk about other stuff. Like, do you believe in God? I don't know. Do you believe in God? Oh my God, that guy just made. It. Look at this. Like, we could just that could work. Talk about whatever we want until something exciting. Would happens. we get in trouble? That's always the thing. Is would we get in trouble for doing that? Burr Burr watches. He's done some pretty hilarious sports reviews where he's like, "Oh no, they passed it to the white guy. This isn't good." During his pods. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be recording and watching a game. And yeah, oh, really? He'll, he'll do a little that? bit of that. Bill Burr. That's funny. He'll do a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Our, our man, Ted Davis in Milwaukee. I, that's Well, that's the thing about a good broadcaster, like like Bob Uecker or somebody like that. The voice that you are so, so familiar with and that just the sound of his voice is game time. It's... Mm-hmm. Harry uh, Carey. I don't listen to Brewer games hey, ha- like I'm I used sorry. to. Yeah, hey, I should. this is Harry Carey. Because the Harry guy Carey, is a right? treasure. We have like the most treasured announcer in the sport. And I we should. We do? I, yeah, Bob Uecker is the, because the Dodgers guy retired and Bob the Tigers guy died, I think. Oh. Bob Uecker is a fucking legend. He was in Major League. He was yeah. on TV. In he was Dunwall. Miller Light Salesman. Was it Benson or something? What What show was he on? Uh, oh, he did. Mr. Smack Belvedere. Mr. <laughs> Belvedere. That's right. And he played like. <laughs> I a, remember that. He played a sports writer who had a butler. <laughs> somehow. That, was Mr. the butler Mr. black? <laughs> no, Mr. Belvedere was British. Oh, British. He was a British guy. Benson. The, I'm thinking of Benson. Benson like a was. Like a pencil mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Benson <laughs> was the. Uh, the gov- He was the. Not the lieutenant. But Robert Guillaume. He the lieutenant governor? He was a theater actor. He was like a big deal, Benson. Oh, yeah. The actor. Benson Dubois. Very fancy. Benson sound made up. Uh, what was he on Benson? Was he the lieutenant governor or was he like the chief of staff? And there was like a German woman mm. that was always causing problems. Ooh, yes. Uh, uh, and she the governor a, was kind of an absent-minded fool She character. had like a Dorothy Hamill haircut and she was she like did. eight feet tall. I remember her. Yes. Sounds yes. substantial. Do you remember Benson? Not well. Mm, no. Great theme song. Did you know that when we first started podcasting, we were talking about doing sports more? Mm-hmm. I reached out to UW to see if they would let us listen to a game as we podcasted, like if there would be any copyright or like weird breach. And they're like, no, you can't. You, you mm. can't 
like listen. You can't have any sound from the game at all. Because they're getting paid from people who are making they hire advertising people and pay dollars. People to do that. Yeah, it would be like a. But I think you could. I don't know, maybe that's Exclusive what Bill Burr content. does. He just listens, but you can't hear the game through his right, microphone. Right, He just says once in a while, like, holy shit, did you see that? Or, yeah. What a terrible play, or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and all sports... Get it out of the white guy's hands. All games like are that. like, this broadcast is exclusive property of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Any use, duplication, uh, what uh, or dissemination of this product without express written consent from Major League Baseball is prohibited. Mm-hmm. Something, something, something. That's too bad. Because we could do a hell of a job announcing a game. I mean, sure, I, I do that in my living room sometimes. Oh, really? With the sound down. Yeah, oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I'm curious. We talked about this a little bit a long time ago, but I just listened to On Point with Magna Chakubarty, and they were talking about gambling and baseball and whether Pete Rose should be excused. Mm. Do you have a take on that? Hot Do take. I have a take? Hot take. Probably not. On gambling and I baseball? I don't really have any thoughts about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> should, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? And what do you think of gambling and baseball, a sport that's like been okay. known for trying to keep it out? Um, well, the gambling thing is pretty atrocious. It's pretty well known that you're not to do that. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? I think he should be. Really? Because there are all sorts of sordid, bizarre characters in the Baseball Hall of Fame, especially the Baseball Hall of Fame. Because it goes back to like the 1860s. There's some pretty, pretty sorted characters in there. Uh, I have heard, like you've heard that Ty Cobb was a big time racist. I've heard. So was every other white man on the, uh, on his team probably. He's from down south, you know. 1904. And played, Jesus. yeah, he played in like 1902. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did yeah. hear. It doesn't excuse it. It's just context. I heard on a pod somewhere though that he that that is in question, that he might not have been racist. He might have just he been He was an just asshole. a huge dick, yeah. Just been an <laughs> asshole, yeah. Like, Naturally just abrasive to everyone that he met. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones played him in a yeah, yeah. bioflick. Did you see that? No. Just, you, he's, he's kind of introduced as an old man who's just like firing pistols inside and... Under the auspices of an author coming to visit him. Yeah, right, right, To get right, his biography right. done. That's right. Something like that. That's right. Okay. He's just like, you know, a wild man. And cantankerous is all hell. Do you remember who plays the author? No, I don't have that grab, Dan. Uh, but I see you I've never for your seen phone. it. But I just. But you know, Ty Ty Cobb, uh, Field of Dreams is a classic you know sports what? movie, right? I've never, Iowa seen, ties. I've never seen Field of Dreams. What? And I want to. It's on my. It's obviously shocking. It's on my list of. Have things you seen see. Forrest Gump? I have seen Forrest Gump. Okay, geez, good. Uh, have you seen Star Wars? My- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> A little movie called Star Wars. <laughs> uh, Braveheart. Independent film. <laughs> I have a weird relationship. I've swore off of baseball for a very long time, and now I'm back. Better, bigger than ever. I cannot get enough. Because hmm. of fantasy. I got a fantasy baseball team. Called? And that does the Deerfield Earhole Fastballs. <laughs> he's spitting. I, he's I, spitting his clapperin' out his nose. It should be a little it's, shorter for like t-shirts and hats. Nose. But yeah, Deerfield, ear hole, fastballs, if you didn't catch it the first time. 
And I'm back into baseball in the biggest way. Give and us your four. I'm sorry. The older I get, the more I enjoy it. It is a gentlemanly game. It is a more gentlemanly game than football and basketball. There is less. Uh, there is no trash talking. Trash talking is met with sometimes though a pitch the dugouts clear and you. guys run onto the field and punch each other in the face though. There are fights. There are out and out brawls when somebody crosses a line or does something untoward. Uh, showboating that. And you say there's is, no trash talking. Some of the managers get after the umpires still probably pretty hot, don't they? Yeah, not like in the 70s where like the kick in the dirt on the guy and the wild like Billy Martin-y stuff. I love when they kick dirt on their other Tom person's, Lasorda, uh, just other person's fucking feet. losing his mind out there. Pull Take a base that. out, throw it. Uh, that kind of stuff has been tamed a little bit. But yeah, when you... Uh, so I love football. I love basketball. But I tire of the relentless showboating. Mm-hmm. There is constant showboating. After every first down, after every tackle, after every everything, there's the "Let's go!" like to the point where that has lost any <clears throat> any meaning. Yeah, they just say it all, and kids mimic it, and it's just, my son does. Let's go! Let's go! You just see it all the time, and it's it's tiresome. In yeah. baseball, they don't showboat. Showboating can lead to a benches clearing brawl. You, j- it's just not done. Because it's disrespectful to the game to hit a home run and then like whatever. Like you flip a bat, you might get hit the next time you're up. It's that. It's so understated. It's so, what's the word? It's so taboo to show off because the game. I read George, George Will's book about baseball. Hmm. And I think it's called Men at Work. The, the beautiful art of baseball. It's or not about like the Australian band. And he says his take in there Who's through players and managers Sorry. is like there's no you don't showboat in baseball because even the best hitter only gets, gets a hit four. like three out of ten times. Yeah, three, four. And most of the time it's failure. I feel that. And so it, okay. it just naturally there's no reason to showboat because no matter what you just did, your next you're going to strike focus, out at your man. next at bat. Yeah. It's, Interesting. it's about staying focused. Maybe the discipline of the focus to do well is. Uh, sorry, to, I don't want to take steer this into MMA again. We can talk about. Hey, but, but I think is it all meshes yeah. together though. It, they all the sports have sort of emotional and cultural ties to each other but and I, how you behave and yeah what, yeah. There's a definite link between that and martial arts and the humility of like getting your ass literally Ex- kicked. No, for, that doesn't. You know, like that's not applicable here, Nath. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You're you a go champion. In there respectful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And you're a champion, and then the next young and hungry guy that's better than you is just your, you know, your next opponent. Whatever. You can never be too comfortable. And there is something about yeah, the grueling nature of the training. I think that requires a certain mindset that like doesn't have energy to be a jackass unless you're kind of yeah you don't have energy to like run your mouth and some do some do brock lesnar did kind of the w the wwe approach Mm -hmm. heel turn um you'll my limited exposure to mma uh guy wins a fight he goes bonkers for like three seconds like pumping his fists and jumping up and down and then he sort of remembers himself and then goes over and checks checks on on the the other guy and he, you can't help it. Like a little bit of humanity there of super excitement. Oh my God, I just won. I just knocked this guy out. 
Yeah, sure. And enjoying that moment with the crowd. The crowd is screaming at you and you're getting all that energy. It's amazing. And they like, you just see it. They catch, And then they catch themselves and they're like, that's enough. All that okay. stimulus going on all at the same time. And it's in that moment, they still go, okay, Empathy. that's enough. That could have been me down on the ground over there. Yeah. Now what I do is walk over and even if I don't hate the guy, I make sure he's okay. I talk to his corner. I yeah, right. Give him, they hug they, right. they, 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 all that's, yeah, exactly. That reminds me when I was a kid and we were all kind of trying to prove how tough we were all the time. My best friend, Marcos, who had a really good heart, but was just as eager as the rest of us to just be like, yeah, I'm a fucking man. The guy from Panama? I'm tough. Yeah. Marco? The Panama, Panama connection. Uh, Regular listeners will know who Marco is. <laughs> Marcos punches this loudmouth kid in the, in the, well, they, they may, you know, there's some beef on the bus and it's let's meet out in the schoolyard kind of thing. So we all gather and Marcos and this kid square off and they come in t- to each other and Marcos opens it up, opens up the action with a swift, decisive blow to that dude's abdomen. Doesn't go for the face first, knocks the Somebody wind out of it. Somebody taught that kid how to fight. <laughs> well, I don't, and the kid who got jacked in the gut goes down and is crying and when it like just a single blow on the ground crying and marcos kind of stalks away after he looks at him in that condition and then he stops about oh three four steps away and turns to one of us and says go see if he's okay (laughs) wow what grade is this Probably third grade. Oh my god! Fourth grade. He yeah, had that sort of like presence <laughs> of mind. Maybe it was a little older, but yeah, it was just that he always, you know, had a conscience. Even when you're young and, like I said, so eager to show everybody how fucking tough you are. Wow. Mm. How many how many months out of the year does baseball run? Baseball starts on like April one, mm-hmm. opening day is April 1 and the season goes into September and like this is going to make me bitch about things now because it goes into September what do they do in the off season and then the the world series the fall classic mm-hmm. is October October and it's special and beautiful and how long is the NFL season uh just got it extended now you're going to make me bitch uh, Starts all these sports he seems determined to bitch. Chris, Pre- I, I know, but I just want to compare here. Pre- okay. Preseason is what? August. And it goes through January. Now it starts. February. Football now starts the weekend after Labor Day. It used to start. I want to say it used to start on Labor Day weekend, which was the most perfect thing. Mm-hmm. Like you talk about a a way to own a weekend. I think it used to. And then they pushed it out an extra week. Just because that's what all the sports are doing now is everything's got to be longer. They just added a week to the season in the NFL, which I think is fucking horseshit. Hmm. If they did that to something like an NBA season where it's already 80 games long, that might be. I'm going to hijack this podcast if you guys aren't careful. Yeah. The sports thing, I'm pretty fucking serious about my sports. Well, this thing. And I think they're wrecking it. You guys are talking about baseball. Yeah. It reminds me of like a great jazz group or something where mm. they come in, they play, 
Nobody's Discipline. trying to outplay anyone else, like ego wise. They just do what they were trained to do, and they don't. They let encourage their, each other when they do 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 well yeah, in a good group. Most they don't of the let time, their personalities yeah. override anything, and it feels like NFL is more like pop stars. They're just entertain. They're as much entertainment mm. as they are NBA athletes. players as well. Absolutely, NBA players. I would. Superstars. I would make a. I would entertainers. Make, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If I could make a quick point, and that Please. is the the parallel and the thing that's significant about jazz that you don't get in the world of sports is like when you listen to jazz on WORT, say when when it comes time in the break after you've been listening to music to say who it was, they don't say that was the Dave Matthews Band. Period. It's that was. Thelonious Monk with, you know, John Coltrane and the, and on this, this guy on the bass and on that. Yeah. And they rattle down and you get everyone who was participating. But oftentimes in sports, even if the names are on the back of the jersey, people don't remember the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. He's not the one with the endorsements mm. and the attention and, and all of that. The way sports are marketed. Right? Can you Is imagine? this going to be the What's Wrong With Sports podcast now? Because... <laughs> cause Every night in the NBA and in college ball, but I'm kind of off of that these days, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks against LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, I don't need that. Who's this for? It's the Bucks against the Lakers, but that's how marketing works. That's how it's marketed. Uh. They think that that's what the casual fan needs to be interested. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But hmm. it makes it's like nails on a chalkboard to me every time I see it. There has to be a lead actor somewhere. There's always, they and it started kind Gotta of in the Jordan. Put a face era. to the product since Jordan. Ever since Jordan, because he was oh, pre that the like magnet magic that he and, was when Magic and Bird were even. I would I would argue to a degree when they <laughs> were playing for the NCAA championship. Wasn't it people saying this kid from Indiana? It definitely was Bird versus Magic. Bird that was versus a, Magic. And that was a phenomenon. Big deal. There's something about a great rivalry, if- but I like the team rivalries in baseball better than. Okay, one yeah. thing at a time. Pete okay. Rose should break be, it down for us, Dan. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. He oh, was well, a yeah. We went way. He far was a great player from that. He uh, what, what off the top of my head? Uh, he's in the four thousand hit club. That's a very rare place to be. He played like a fucking animal. Whether he bet on. He always maintains that he didn't bet on the Reds, uh, his own team. Uh, I, he I admitted to betting, but not on his own team. That's what he said. That's uh-huh. That's been his line all along. And he's every few years, he's made a case to be in the Hall of Fame, and he gets shot down every single time. Uh, in the era of uh, widespread steroid use, is that does that compromise the game any more or less than the guy who gambled? Yeah, but Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa aren't going to be inducted into the Hall, are they? I think they're already there. Are they already there? I don't. Oh boy, this is what happens when you. I don't can Google, Google this can, while you. Can, so I just want to keep put a, going. Put a little lid on that. Uh, right. Put a pin in it. Put a pin in that. That's where it all started. Uh, the sports and the seasons and all that—they just keep extending seasons. So baseball is doing it. Baseball is toying with adding another like another wild card. And this team. is all revenue driven. It's not like exactly. what's best for the athletes or whatever. And oh, you're, you're a little yeah. concerned that Especially in the NFL. That's not the interest of the athlete is not included in that. They the the season is long enough. Mark McGuire is not. Who's the other one? Sammy Sosa. 
if Maguire is not, so is not. Yeah, it might not be long enough yet. There's a there's a time thing that has to pass. Or it's a weird it, thing. It's, it's a little like Lance Armstrong, you know. Mm. But cycling is a different thing because that's got a bad reputation across the fucking board. Mm. Whereas, I think. And when they strip Lance Armstrong of Tour de France titles, who do they give him to? Nobody, because they all fucking dope. Every single one of those people does. Yeah. I don't care. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm doing the I don't judge thing. But that's that's the that's the competitive nature of the sport. So they keep extending the seasons for revenue reasons, for hype reasons, for marketing reasons. Uh, so I think they're toying with adding a wild card team in baseball. In the NBA, they have suddenly unleashed this play-in tournament thing on us. So a normal NBA season is 82 games. It starts in like mid-October and goes into like April or March because the playoffs take all of April, all of May. It's a long draw. It's everything's a seven game series in the NBA. And the first round of the playoffs used to be five game series to kind of speed this up a little bit. Nope. They turned that into seven game series, just more games, more games. This play in tournament thing though, it has so cheapened the season. So like, this year was a shorter season because of COVID. They only played 72 games, which is still a fucking hell of a lot of games. That's as many games as the Bulls won back Jesus in Jesus Christ, 19. that's a lot of games. And as a fan, when I watch Night Tonight and they start hyping this play-in tournament thing, I am, I am uh, revulsed. Is that a word? Revul- revulsion. Because I'm like, <laughs> we couldn't figure out after 72 games who the playoff teams were? Really? <laughs> We have to let, we have to have, it's usually the top 72 eight. 72 wasn't enough. <laughs> not enough. Apparently not. It used to just be the top eight after your season was over. Now seven, eight, nine, and 10 play each other in this weird dance in order to see who plays the number one seed, who's going to get eviscerated by the number one seed. And then it works its way out so that you get your last two playoff seeds, but they have to play these extra like three games. There's an extra three games. You got to go through to get to that, which is like the mighty Lakers had to be subjected to this new. And that all feels kind of kind of rigged to me. Like the Lakers rested LeBron and AD, AD for injury reasons or whatever reasons for 20 games, two months. 30, yeah. uh, they, those guys didn't even play. It was just, Skeleton Crew Lakers playing 500-ish ball. As long as they're not, as long as they leak in at number ten, though, they're going to be in this play-in tournament. And then their stud players can come back and win games. It's just it, the whole thing to me is just cheapens the season. Then what's the point of the season if that's how we're going to do it now? So I had a real bug up my ass about that these last couple of weeks. Watching the Bucks play in the playoffs has brought back my enthusiasm a little bit but that that just what's the point of the season for a for a fan like me why do i care about these games all year long if that's not gonna have some consequences if that's not so Hmm. is it satisfying for you to see the bucks punish the heat oh yeah took them out last year yeah that that's oh is that who they lost to last year yes that's great uh revenge that's great uh sticking it to them um, mm-hmm. 
Because a year an, later, an we're an example of how two fortunes, teams. fortunes can just turn dramatically within the course of one season to the next. You know, the Bucks made some trades. So first of all, mm. you have the personnel changes. Mm, mm, mm. Everybody ages a year. Just yes. things happen that make the dynamic then quite different when there's still a lot of overlap, but like in the Bucks case, Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. PJ Tucker, you know, there's just a few Bobby Portis. Yeah. Hashtag free Bobby Portis. <laughs> uh yeah, we turned three ordinary players through transactions into three very, very, very good players that make us a better team. And the Heat went through a year of attrition and had some injuries, and they're not quite, they didn't, whatever it is, they clearly do not have the magic this year because we stomped them in four straight games. And it was gratifying. (laughs) The first one was close, had to be won in overtime, and then the others were just punches in the face. And they had to be nervous, too. You lose If you lose to that game, oh, God. What's your favorite part of the game to watch? Beginning? Uh, interesting. I actually have a favorite part of the game to watch. What is it? Halftime. I think my favorite part of the game... Chuck and Kenny. ...is uh, the, uh, the middle. Because that's when the bench players play. Ah. So if there is, with all these... They don't have to extend the season to get this, which is, it's a long season. The stars don't play the whole game. They just don't. Yeah. Teams have to have, they have to be staffed. Take a blow. With quality employees who can keep it going while the stars aren't playing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I think that's my favorite part about it as a hardcore fan. Yeah. I think that's my favorite part is seeing who has made, who's hanging around, who's still in the league. How deep are these teams? Yeah. Yeah. And who's a th- there's a there's a great honor in being a very competent bench player, a second unit player, maybe a former star, maybe someone who never was a star and who that's their ceiling is competent bench player. Mm-hmm. Still takes an enormous amount of confidence to go out and do that job. I always t- felt that way particularly about like the sharpshooter guy like Steve Kerr or something mm-hmm. where you got to come in and do this finesse skill thing really precisely fucking cold You're, just sitting there for what's steve kerr gonna do however many people? minutes kickers no. you know he's undersized he's not athletic yeah. what's he gonna do except that like very well but it, it helps to be in a rhythm you know and i'm yes, like just take the warm-ups off and come in and make threes <laughs> If Jordan hits you when you're open, you'd better fucking do That's what we job. pay you to do. That is your job. <laughs> because if you don't, dagger eyes for Michael. Uh, was he in the last dance? Was he the one that was interviewed where he was like, um, he went through this dramatic thing with his family? Yeah. Yeah. His father that was, was Steve assassinated. Kerr? Yeah. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. His dad's a professor. Mm-hmm. Well, and a or diplomat. A, po- a diplomat. A diplomat. Yeah. 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 And I... And, it, it would very much be like, we're going to give you $3 million or however much per year. What you have to do is you have to make every single shot that you try for. Yeah. Kind no of a deal. Per- that's, you just have to perform well under pressure no matter what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> what? He was processing all of that trauma still and and still able to focus. The, the degree of focus that it takes to be a sharpshooter like that. Amazing. Yeah. It's like the the golf putters or, you know, and those high pressure moments when I, I have ADHD and I look at people who do stuff like that and I'm just like, I can't relate. And there's no forgiveness for them either. When, 
when you know that that's your only job. Your margin is That's very, your very role tight. on the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. N- never worse than a kicker. Kicker and, misses and a sure kicker. Enough, oh, God. You're a but, goat forever. Oh, God. But I mean, no, no forgiveness. He was, he was, guys like that who are so pure and such beautiful shooters, like when they get fouled, you just want to just chalk it up. Let's save the time. Let's save mm. everybody the time mm. and just assume that these are both naturally going to go in. Mm. You know, it was a robotic almost sort of just consistency hmm. that not just Kerr, but there was Paxson was like that to a degree and who was who came before him and even the best free throw shooter, like without Googling, in a given season, a guy like Steph Curry or Steve Kerr or somebody right. still only shoots like ninety one percent or ninety two percent. Okay. Anything above that is almost without Googling again, is un unpossible. I mean, because if Steve, if Steph Curry can't make 100% of free throws or if Steve Kerr can't, Who can? it's not possible. Yeah, it's, it is it's not, not possible. It's just not. There's nobody better. Um, Reggie Miller didn't even make 100%. Yeah, just 99. So from a few perspectives <laughs> here. 99. Dude could shoot. The, uh, I like the second unit players. And there was, you said something about specialists that was going to tie in great. Ah, son of a bitch. Mm. have to mm. edit that part out. I will. Because I never lose a point, ever. Ever. It doesn't really happen. It's unprecedented. Never, I'm ever, a... ever. Uh, the, so the way I think sports should work, uh, let's, let's adopt, let's, let's skew more towards the old model uh, in baseball, for example. There were, in the days of yore, the two leagues never played against each other except in the All-Star game. So the American Whoa, League and the National League. Really? Until like uh, interleague play came in like the 80s. And to like break it down a little more. Yes. The company, the organizer of the teams play or they paid players mm-hmm. to play mm-hmm. and people paid for their ticket to watch them play and mm-hmm. that was it and maybe they bought a t-shirt oh hell before like tv yeah you're like saying. that was the money ex- that was the money right yeah and there was marketing i suppose like people put signs on the walls and stuff what year are we talking about we're talking like late 1800s oh. 19 if i'm getting you here where there was no tv yet it was just or radio People fill stands mm-hmm. by, by buying tickets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was the radio angle. I suppose the radio networks paid. Advertisement. To advertise but and so on. But the players probably yeah. weren't getting much of a cut of that early on. It was probably more no, of that. They weren't getting know. endorsements or anything Well, they couldn't like change teams if they, did, if they wanted. Like once you got owned by a team, it was up to the team what happened to you. You did ah. not until... Uh, oh, shit. Reserve. The reserve clause. There we go. Uh, and there was the player that that revolved around. You'll get that in the Google thing. Yogi Bear. Very quickly. The re- yeah, the reserve clause in North American professional sports was part of a player contract, which stated the rights to players were retained by the team upon the contract's expiration. Players under these contracts were not free to enter into another contract with another team. That's so the reserve no free clause. 
And the first the first player to do that is probably just to Google away. They had no freedom to change teams unless but they were given an unconditional release. From a from a simple sport perspective and valuing a season, you oh. play you play your season in old time baseball, and there's an American League pennant winner and a National League pennant winner, and then they play in the World Series. That's it. There's no playoffs. Your season, you played. Nowadays it's 162 games. I don't know what it was back then, mm-hmm. but you played. It was long. You played your long season, and whoever won the two leagues played in the World Series. It's almost more like an Olympics. So the it's season just... mattered. The season really mattered. Aha! Uh-huh. Every one of those games mm-hmm. is important. Okay. And the more they dilute this with playoff, more the, the more playoff teams they throw in, the more the season is just like, what are we doing? Oh, it's revenue. It's just a revenue stream. Gross. It, it doesn't matter. The they're games taking don't, the meaning out of it. They're taking the meaning it out right of it. out. And now they're adding another football game, which is going to... That's more risk for players. Like a football game is hard. That's yeah. hard on people. Right. And 16 of them is enough. Now, always trying to make some lemonade over here. I think we're going to see more like the NBA to survive a 17 ah, game season. You'll have to take Aaron Rodgers out. Because you're going to have to have some more bench. You're, yeah. you, you're just going to, like the players, a lot of players barely survive the season as it is. Mm-hmm. You're going to need more depth, more guys are going to get to play so maybe that's a good thing i'm trying to kind of look optimistically at this maybe well guys have only got so many hits in them before they like you have to pay you have to pay your players a certain amount now one of the things that i was listening to on on point with magna chuckabardi was she was talking to someone who was saying if gambling if monetizing games in another way through gambling or through mm-hmm. means that the actual performance of like the excellence of the athletes matters a little less because um, they're making money in other ways. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily making money whether you they win or lose games, but more like through ad revenue and through uh, t-shirt sales and through um, their deals with these online gaming advertisers that they can interject at the bottom of the screen when they... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if there's all this crossover, then the performance starts to somehow not matter quite as much. It's more and more just an entertainment product. Yes. And it's not about the sacred it's game It's not about anymore. excellence in the game. It's why Rocky's training fell off, is what Andy's saying from the kitchen. Got- more Mike, less granola bar on this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We need a wireless mic. <laughs> I need you to eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> if you catch that chicken, I'm letting you chew, dude. Come on. Buy cut me, Mick. Cut me. Cut me. Uh, no. <laughs> Young Rocky was hungry. He God was damn lean. right he was. He was lean. <laughs> In the streets. He was modest. He was catching chickens that were greased chickens. I don't know if they were greased, but they were chickens. What the fuck are we talking about? A here? regular chicken is enough. A, a regular chicken is enough. We're talking about Rocky and how it relates to <laughs> Rocky One. Rocky. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're talking about greased chickens. Where <laughs> have you ever seen Rocky Holmes? Long time ago. Come okay. on. 
Gray sweatpants. Climbing up the top of the stairs. Right. Yes. Yeah, but he he becomes champion. He makes a fortune, and he gets a lot of attention and endorsements. And people want to come into his gym when he's training, and he he starts showing off for the cameras more than he's actually fucking training mm-hmm. and staying sharp. And Mister T comes up, Clubber Lang, the projects as Clubber Lang, fucking hungry, Ooh. He's calling out Rocky's wife in the press interview, Adrian. Yeah, yeah. At, Doesn't her. he ask her if he wants? She wants to be with a real man. Yeah, uh, right. Not good. Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> At least he doesn't Pretty make one word impression. Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> At least he doesn't make him call him Stallion like he did Carl Weathers. Stallion, damn it. Uh, the Italian Stallion, but he lost his edge when the money came in, and he was. You know, living the circus life of a celebrity with all of its distractions and attention drawing, you know, uh, what's the word? Just uh, sideshow. He, it, it became yeah. a sideshow. It became the temptation of it all, you know, was he was he was drawn out of out he of was his, going, out of his let's discipline. go <laughs> and doing. Yeah. And missing the point of the whole thing. Yeah. So there is something the, I've told this story before, but it brings it to mind too. That when I went to Ireland and I met some Irish relatives, there was a young man who was passionate about uh, Gaelic football, mm. and that's their national sport. And he was going on to tell me that, oh, the 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 best players, the, you know, even all of the professionals are they don't get paid to play Gaelic football. That's just like a passionate hobby, and we all follow it nationally, and they play in stadiums and stuff. But like. They're not mega wealthy or anything. Crazy model. That's a crazy model. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but those guys stay hungry and stay sharp probably just because they obviously fucking love to play. Yes. There's a purity about that that I just couldn't believe. I couldn't Well, this fathom. reminds me, of, what you're talking about reminds me of Little Ballers. Did you guys ever watch that show? Is that on HBO? HBO? No. Yeah. And it's so much of it was about the money and like the lifestyle, the NFL the money and the lifestyle and who's going to get me more? Who's going to offer me more? Miami or... Show me the money. Exactly right. Yeah. So it's a little gross and it's way off focus from mm-hmm. what we all love about sports. Way off focus. The stuff you were talking about there, like all the other uh, 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 tangential, all the other related cross promotions that come into it with the gambling and all that that cheapen the sport mm-hmm. uh it's true the more of that there is the less i i try i do everything i can to block that shit out i mean to the point where i turn down the volume and listen to records instead of listening to the blaring Doritos no halftime report brings you by AT and T, who reminds you to stay. Well, yeah. they, they said they're advertising the gambling apps and like in the games no. within the games. Yeah, yeah. the NBA right. markets that, and I've bitched about that on the pod before. That it seems really irresponsible too. Well, I mean, it's it. What the more they do the the gambling stuff. 
the more that's just in the broadcast, the more I'm like, what are we doing here then? What? It does cheapen it for me that it really is about the over-under and the point spread. And it makes me anyway, well, maybe because I'm a psycho, maybe because <laughs> I listen to a six, seven, eight part podcast called The Whistleblower about Tim Donahue, the ref in the 90s, who was the focus of an FBI uh, sting operation. Really? Of fixing games. Oh, my God. And he was ga- he was gambling on the games. Other referees were gambling on the games. And there were ties to organized crime. Mm. And I can't believe... I must be a psycho to still watch basketball after that. But I have a callus inside me that's like, well, I guess this game had to go the other way so the series can keep going. Like, I've just accepted that, that that's how it works, is that that happens sometimes. That one team will all of a sudden shoot a bunch of free throws just so there's another game. And then at the end of games, whether fouls are called or not, Let's say the game is a little out of hand. It's out of reach. It still matters, though, to the point spread and the over-under. Nobody is thinking about that while they're watching a basketball game. Mm -hmm. But that is mattering in every single NBA game or college game or whatever game. That's mattering in every game is whether or not they call a foul, whether or not somebody gets a couple free throws. Yeah, Vegas gambling lines are awfully, awfully specific. Mm-hmm. They are alarmingly specific how close they get to the and when they put the odds on these games, point spread and the over under for the listener who doesn't know the over under is Chris. I don't know. Nope. The over under is the combined score. So Bucks play the heat today. Let's just say they set the over under at 200. Oh, both scores combined. So combined okay. score is, let's just say they set it at... That feels a lot like roulette. That's Take your best guess, and but, you might get it. But that is a daily gambling fixture. Point spread, over, under. And there's that, other things okay. you can bet on, too. Okay, that doesn't have anything to do with skill, guessing the sum total of points. Mm, talk to a gambler. I uh, would. Well, my dad are, would be like, that's a game of chance. Uh, do you know any gamblers? There's no... Were you raised by a gambler by I'm chance? sure there's a strategy. <laughs> Was but you his can't memorial predict- service at the, at the track? <laughs> we so. had his memorial service at the racetrack. Yeah, we did. <laughs> okay, it fine. Was, it was exactly where it should have been. <laughs> that's, that's not strategy, though. It doesn't seem like... No, Chris, I'll tell you how it is in park. Like, Tell me how it is. All right, so... When you're picking the over-under for a particular game, if it's two squads that don't have great scores, and you know that, and you know their personnel, mm-hmm. then you're making an evaluation yes. based on what yes. the, kind of the averages of what they've been able to produce thus far in the season. Sure. Versus, I, you know, so you're doing some research, and you're making some speculation on some, on some data that exists in a way. or like It's not blind, wild, totally ignorant sort of and the odds makers these guys are i don't know who they are and gals 
They win? Well, okay. Today's Bucks game, when we triumphantly swept the Heat and we move on to the next round to likely play the Brooklyn Nets, which I could bitch about in a minute too. <laughs> Super team. I could bitch about that team. So, the Bucks were favored by four and a half points. It was Miami plus 4.5. That means when you bet on them, Go ahead. No, I I don't. My dad never taught me how to bet. He it refused. means that the Bucks, if you are betting on the Heat, they get four point five points added to their score. Okay. To make it worth betting. Sure. And they move these little levers. We used to call that a handicap for the other team, but they move we, these I'm little sure levers until anymore. they get equal money coming in on both sides. So sure. the, a yeah. game, the opening line. This is it's it's easier to do in football to talk mm-hmm. about because. It's once a week. Four and a half points. And the lines for the next games are out like the second. Before this week's games are over, there's already lines on next week. And they move all week. Okay. And they move the line until money is coming into the house on both sides. Okay. And then, so four and a half points is given to the team who's anticipated maybe to be a little behind. Or you take, however you want to look at it. The Bucks were minus 4.5. The Heat were plus 4.5. And this is all... Produced in Vegas daily, and Minutely. they just every have second of these every day. giant brains yes. doing the calculus the to do this. Okay, I wonder and how long before their jobs are taken by algorithms. Well, man, it's. I wonder how much better they've gotten. Four at years it. ago, probably. I wonder how much better they've gotten at it in the computer age. But the total today, the over under was set at two twenty one point five. The Bucks won 120. They always they always do a half a point because it's harder to win that way. It's kind of like gas is always 199.9. Instead of saying two bucks, it's it, How would you combine scores to get a point five? Because if you say that the the margin is four and a half, they have to win by five. Okay. But that extra half a point in there, they can't win by four. Winning by four doesn't do anything. They have to win by five. They, That's very confusing. It, it doesn't make any sense. Am I making sense? It, no. It's like the three-degree guarantee with Bob Lindmeyer. It's not. So it's not just the two combined scores. It's that. That's the over-under. The three-degree guarantee. The two combined scores is the over-under. The point spread is that extra half a point, mm. which favors, speaking out of my rectum, Mm-hmm. favors the house. Mike is literally in Dan's ass right now. This would not... It favors the house. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we put the foam covers This whole on. gambling thing, opportunity wouldn't be a thing unless it favored the house. There's right. no way. Right. That's how it works. And so to put a cap on this, the total today was 221.5. Uh-huh. The actual total was 223. They got awfully fucking close in a 48-minute basketball game. Hmm. That is alarmingly close where there's just a lot of variables that's you know? all a game is all variables yeah uh let's see let's just pick another final variables we won't do control, this all night long to control for but they have they are armed with some data like antetokounmpo averages 25 points a game and this other guy averages this many points a game yeah. and taken together this is what they've been scoring over this however is, long and you know it's not I no, understand yeah. a little bit about this cuz this is how my dad bet horses mm-hmm. you wouldn't just look at oh that's a cool horse name you know 
midnight midnight laser or whatever you look that's at not a cool what would your horse name what would your horse name be first of all sorry we should oh do- my god uh that oh god i, I, I dance hams yeah um delight hams delight he's like coming around the corner hams delight sorry you would ask who's riding the horse and you would ask what did their races look like? And you would ask, are they injured? Where did they train? What part of the country? You know, like, how old is the horse? I, I get it. You 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 get the big picture before you mm-hmm. make a decision. It's not just and that like makes the, a wild, how's he been running? It's not a wild guess. That and that makes the the that's a fun sort of you know, that's part of the addiction maybe is like seeing how precisely you can mm-hmm. guess based on a limited amount of information and your mm-hmm. fuck yes you know the, yeah you give a, yourself credit for your own analysis then if you win my version of that is in, fantasy in the form of cash sports yeah. that's uh, my version of it is was i right every ah. every single day is a was i right game i don't understand fantasy did i sports. pick the right player did i do you know tell me how it works again i think you've done this well, before but i don't remember i want to close the door on the gambling thing by saying do I think gambling should be illegal? Is it so unsavory? Fuck no. Not even close. I think it I think it's fine. Go ahead let's, and gamble your let's brains. Let's focus out. on the pedophiles. But let's take it out <laughs> the the sports leagues should Can we keep it in the alley? Can we like make it quieter? Mm-hmm. That's my honest feeling is like gam- there was plenty of gambling before we made it so glitzy and so public. Separated a little bit from the sport like Hey, sports, get the fuck out of the gambling business mm-hmm. or stop endorsing it. Like, let let the gambling They're industry... They're doing fine. Let the gambling industry be the gamble. Let it function. Right. As it has for so long. And, it's and gotta keep be. your brand away from it. But Dan, you know, it's easy for us to, to dismiss the incredible gains that the league is getting from this partnership. I mean, I can't say how many millions of dollars a boon it is for the league every year to have hmm. this. Do they need it, it's, though? I guess that doesn't matter. If there's revenue to be made, that's what they're there for. That's what they're... It's a business, Chris. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right, like, and you're you're chapping one of your biggest fans. I'm pointing at my chest right If now. there's someone, like a grandmother or something, that walks down the street with like a t-shirt that says... I really love anal sex or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's great that you do, but we don't all need it. We don't all need to be a part of that. Keep it separate. Keep it in a different, like you said, in the alley. Keep it in you the bedroom. Keep it in the... <laughs> Especially that lady. <laughs> when I have anal sex, it's always in the alley, but <laughs> whatever. I mean, you guys, there what are we talking be, about here? There, I, I'm shocked Woo. you don't see the parallel here. It's coming in hot. You... <laughs> You have to How keep. How do we get from anal sex to gambling? Because you have to have some boundaries. You have to keep sports pure. You have to. You have let... to keep your butthole <laughs> protected. No, that... I'm just saying you can't intermingle every right. single aspect of everything. You have to say this belongs. Keep the gambling aspect in Vegas. You want to bet on sports? Go to Vegas. You want to enjoy sports for what they are with your or... family. In the wholesome ballpark, the great American pastime, it doesn't have these gangsters and all the shit that's affiliated with gambling, too. It's, it's There's all this anal sex going on in the stands. 
zombies. <laughs> Mobsters <laughs> fucking each other at the horse track. It's sad. God, if I have to see one more <laughs> performance of anal sex at the game, I have had it. No kidding. I'm the so sick time of sodomy. I'm, I'm so saying, sick of the game. What I'm saying is you have to draw the line somewhere. To keep the purity of sports. Agree. It's already. Agree. Beyond. You they're, know, it's they're cynical. Already... It's cynical to say it's too late. You know, that's the, <sighs> but that's the sense, yeah. that's the feeling that I get. And I had it, if I haven't bitched about this enough, I wanted to go see the Mallards play. Mm. And like between oh, yeah. every pitch, it was like, well, put me in coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> and people just get cartwheeling around the field. Sons. Fucking t-shirts out of the crowd. There's you know? no baseball game in the baseball Yeah, game. I was like, guys, can we just let this thing <laughs> yeah. breathe? For like for 30 a... seconds, can we just watch a baseball game? Please. Yeah, yes. But here comes a wacky stuffed animal guy with a da- dex. And contests and uh, promotions and yeah, radio yeah, personality, weatherman, regular listeners have heard us much about to... this. Like, there's no sports in sports. It's all it's unfortunate. Other things. And I, you know, all the Noise. things we talk about: the Colin Kaepernick kneeling business and the gambling and all the cross promotion and all this other stuff that goes on. It has reached a point that I turn down the volume and I listen to records while the game is on. Because they, yeah, I have a narrative in my own mind of what's going on. And my narrative is much more interesting than whatever they're saying on TV. Yeah. It's much more about the game than whatever they're You're able to talking, actually talking. focus on what's happening yeah. without the distraction. The side. And you I can agree see with what's happening. You can see momentum happen. Yeah. You well, can see things happen. You don't need... Blathering announcers and constant crawl of advertising. Yeah. What and this brings to mind for me is... It helps, man. It really helps. This is, I think this is a good example of how traveling can sort of adjust your perception a little bit and make you see how much you're being fucking bombarded by, you know, people who want to sell shit in your, in your country, your homeland. I was in, on the Autobahn in Germany in like... A little economy car that was not built for speed, but the guy was like maxing it out to give me and my cousin a good time on the autobahn. So it was just shaking apart, <laughs> uh, but it was exhilarating. And and then we were also beautiful German forest all around us and everything. And at some point, we realized Jason and I did that. Other than road signs, there were no billboards anywhere. Mm. Mm. That's wonderful. Interesting. And, you know, that was a, that was profound that the whole country had sort of recognized this is a naturally beautiful area. We're not going to fucking ruin the purity of what's beautiful about this with the Burger King sign or any. Right. Other, yeah. Like what it does to your experience of watching sports is you are in constant filter mode. Yes. You're filtering out different yes. things at the bottom <laughs> of the screen. You're filtering out that the advertisements the in between plays. If you all if you're watching sports as I think most people originally wanted to watch sports for, which is to see athletes in their prime doing their very best, working hard, being awesome, being awesome, overcoming difficulties and performing at their highest level. Mm. That that I remember what I was going to bitch about. Go on. Is so pure and so exquisite. Yes. And such a great representation of what we all aspire to be in our lives to have to then filter out bullshit. Yes. 
constantly. People, people, uh, this is a, this has been said on the pod before, like the, you know, people who walked away from the Packers after the kneeling thing and like how every team kind of had their own version of that. Like we're not coming out of the locker room or mm. we're all going to link arms or whatever, you know, and people walked away and I couldn't believe it. Um, and it, it, what did you just say? It, it, you have to keep filtering stuff out. Like I, I have to like plug my ears and go, ah, la, 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 <laughs> until the clock is running mm. and there's actual plays happening. And then the second it's not happening and the commercials come or whatever, I have to like do something else or I have to, mm. it's, I'm just, it's too much. I'm, I, it's, I'm overwhelmed. I'm sick of it. I, I just want the game. I'm so desperate for just the fucking game. You know what would be a, if I was a billionaire, what I would do Mm. I would start my own channel and I would just show the game. Mm. Like when you watch a game from like 1975 Would you have any audio at all? None. Crowd noise. Yeah, maybe just crowd noise. I I crave. Interesting. In this era, it's coming. It's coming. The NFL. You could mic up a crowd, but you might catch some things that you don't want to hear from time to time. That'd be unfiltered. (laughs) What the fuck are you looking at? In New York. No, I forgot what I was. No, I forgot what I was going to bitch about. God damn it! Uh, It was there, and then it was gone. Where's your notebook, Dan? I remembered what I was going to bitch about. Where's your notebook? I can. We can. It's coming though. I would watch that last year. Instead of the oh, it's coming, and then the transformer-looking football guy that's like it's got a Pepsi in his pounding hand on things. Right? And, yeah. If it were my channel, I'd be like, you can just watch the game. This then is some a safe country star space. coming on and being like, "Hey, it's watching football, yeah!" <laughs> it's coming. The NFL. Are you ready for some football? Couple things. <laughs> Gonna drink some beers, yeah. In the in March Madness that we have talked about before. They've gone to this model that for the like the final four for the big games, they run like TBS runs. A, so like the easy example, when the Badgers were in the final four, mm-hmm. we all remember that, right? Like sure 2015, Frank Kaminsky. No. Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan. Bo Ball. Uh, TBS ran like the Badgers home feed. TNT ran the Kentucky home feed. And then... The third network, uh, CBS, ran like the impartial one. Mm. So there is some choice coming in this regard. Okay. There, how you want to consume it. Yeah. This past year in the NFL, they started doing a... Because it's a, it's a product of how the networks all monopolize or uh, merge, kind of. Yeah. So like the, the tournament used to just be on CBS. That's it. And mm-hmm. whatever games they showed on your affiliate, that's what you got. Mm-hmm. Well... The family of networks now is TNT and True TV and TBS, mm. and now they now they put the tournament out in a really great form. You can see every single game if you want to. You didn't used to be able to do that. Okay. And you have this home crowd thing if you want. Mm-hmm. I prefer the like impartial broadcast, but if I have to have one, uh, this past year the NFL had a tie-in with Nickelodeon. Somebody owns Nickelodeon, Fox or CBS or somebody owns Nickelodeon, and they had a tie-in. Wow. Where like SpongeBob they, showed up in the game. Have you heard this? No. What? They ran the game on Nickelodeon, and when people would score, it would be like uh, that old game show with the. They can't goo. do that on television. Uh, uh, Double Dare. You, oh, okay. Like a guy would score, and the end zone would erupt in like slime, or like 
Or SpongeBob like runs out and slaps a high five or something. They're starting Crazy. to add these little things to a to to cater to burgeoning audiences to bring uh, kids. Obviously, so like, this is to get like kids cigarettes. interested in the game. That's what they did with cigarettes. It's like making vapes taste like candy. Or yeah, something. sounds like the goo released the slime in the end zone might have been a bit of a cleanup challenge for the janitorial staff. It it's that sounds messy. So it's coming. And, this like really happened? But what yes. I am not making this up. It's just like the fucking gambling stuff when I'm like Yeah. They actually advertise it in the fucking game. <laughs> and not just in commercials. During the game. What is SpongeBob doing here? <laughs> oh my god. So with all that ability, where is the ability? And of course, we're gonna answer our own question here. Where is the ability to just have like the crowd sound? Right. Like the stadium, like if you've ever been to a Packer game. I have. The swell of the crowd. There's the in-house announcer who just says, uh, Aaron Rodgers, complete for seven yards. Yeah. Well, or, there's uh, some big who's the running back? Uh, songs. How could I not think of this right now? Uh, 33. Some little musical clips. He'll just say, Y'all ready for this? Williams, the ball carrier. You know, that's that's what that's what he'll say. That's what that house announcer says. And yeah, you've got your doom doom do 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 go pack go. Do, right. do, 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 do. You it's get an that experience. You're there and it's Where not, is yes. that feed? Where's that on my remote? That I can just like I'm there. You know how much I would fucking pay for that? Mm. If the league is listening? You've got me now. Like I It's out in the open now. Here's you know a, you can gouge me and I'll pay. If I could get a feed that was just that. Let me ask you this. When when HBO has a fight, do they bombard you with anything? Mm. Or is it just the fight? Mm. Pay-per-view? And, or if it's MMA, breaks, is it just all, the all, people doing what they do? I think HBO fights were like uh, a separate thing from pay-per-view. Um, because the only breaks that I can recall were like round breaks. Mm. And they would even stay with the fight through round breaks and there would be commentary, you know, by ringside experts, so-called experts. So they would... George Foreman would be talking about something. They would keep the... There's no ads in HBO. Jim Lampley. They yeah, would Jim keep Lampley. the camera the on the ring. You would stay yeah. in the experience and you were... It wasn't... My memory of it, and I didn't have a lot of access to HBO, but I think that was part of, like, the way that they present their series and stand-up specials. You know, you had these long-form There's no ticker happening. tape on the bottom. There's no advertisement. There's but the now? girl that holds up the sign who's wearing a bikini and walks around the ring. Mm. And that's about... Easy. That's about all you'll get in terms of, like gross commercialism of like people being exploited and stuff like that even it's in just, a modern it's other than that for the most part there's a little commentary and then there's just the people doing their thing right yeah, yeah ufc fight it's pure it's i mean pure isn't a sense. ufc fight yeah there's logos yeah. on stuff and whatever but the really they do isn't let, a ufc fight pretty they do straightforward? Let, it's, it's it's driven everything is driven by the action inside the ring and the octagon the breaks and the commercial noise, there's plenty of it in the UFC happens, you know, between bouts and in around it. And, but it's kind of broken up, right? Like you, there's pay-per-view events in the, in the UFC still. So if mm. you buy into that, 
then I think you get a less commercial experience. But the fights that they release for everybody, the undercard stuff that you can watch on a cable network is going to have commercial breaks and stuff like that. But Mm. what I wanted to say was uh, I worked with a guy for a number of years in the library, Rob Klecker, who was obsessed with baseball. What's up, Rob? And Rob would play in a kind of historical reenactment style league where maybe what? they use gloves, but it was like, you know, old time rules. Really? And they wore heavy cotton uniforms in the summer, I think. And, the, you know, the whole Like bit. a leather helmet? I'll be goddamn. Not, hel- not leather hat, no, but they're... Baseball, right? Yeah, baseball. Oh, baseball. I thought you were talking football. Sorry. No, that, that would be hilarious. Uh, but to go to one of the... Talk about purity mm. of like... They met at probably some fields that they had to rent or, you know, and their families or girlfriends show up or something. But otherwise, it's fucking nobody there. Nobody paying them anything to do any of this. But Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, for the love of it. Baseball LARPing. Yeah, yeah. So I think that might be kind of fascinating to see if those games are still happening. The summer and crash one. What the the only the only difference is that they're not the greatest of the great doing. So the level of play might be crap. There, <laughs> therefore, if the product is bunch of guys with guts, you can't you can't <laughs> maybe ha- maybe maybe they're really really Run good. With we don't know. No. But think about it. Like <laughs> think of music is different. Are you looking at my gut? It's harsh. Music is different, but like I've heard some really brilliant people play for. Not much money, you know, and 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 remain a relatively obscure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's necessary. Maybe it's a lot different in sports. And one of the things about these leagues that makes them special is like this obscure little league of historical reenactor players might be middle-aged guys past their primes who maybe in their primes never even were Barry Bonds or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like the greatest of the greats. But how important is it after a time? Like I've had this play music before where do I need to play with with the baddest, most virtuosic, you know, greatest players? Or am I going to be hanging out with these or people? Or with Dan. No, but am I going to be hanging out with these people? And like, are we doing it in the right spirit and does it feel good? Uh, you know, there's a purity about that experience that hopefully comes through the sound that's being made and might have, might be communicated. You know, mainly I just want to see it so I can go watch the sport, like you said, without all the bullshit mm-hmm. to try and distract and also, my experience from just watching the fucking game in peace. And mm-hmm. for the players, no amount of money is going to make them play better. Like they have the recovery time. They've got the cryogenics. They've got the UVB lasers. They've got the whatever treatments they undergo to stay at their top performance. Right. The off-season surgeries. No. The in-season surgeries. There's not going to be more dollars acquired that's going to make that experience they're not going to be better athletes at this point. I don't know. With more sports dollars science. being made. Sports, sports science never sleeps. They have what they need yeah, to pay certainly. for these athletes to do their best. They just do. Sure. 
So is it... Until they start genetically modifying. Is it less satisfying to go see a bunch of people with families playing their best on a field in a suburban Wisconsin town? Pulling their hamstrings. Doing the best that they can, but it's still a good game. Is that less satisfying than watching athletes at their best Mm. who get like prima donna treatment and the cost is that you're bombarded with such bullshit that you can't even watch the game i don't know maybe it is better to go see that Mm. sort of the real experience i think we could only speculate we'd have to go at some point and then report back and say like we got bored and left at halftime i'm i am a i'm such a junkie for the pros i just am i'm a slap in the vein do you go to games? It's too fucking expensive. No. Even I've been like a Brewers a Brewers game? I've been to a couple. How much are Brewers games? Oh, I don't know. Prohibitively expensive. Really? Well, when Depends you have a where you sit, fucking huge family like I do. When's yeah. your birthday? Uh, August 27th. I know what I'm getting you. Easy. Done. So I, I've been to a couple of Brewer games. I've been to some Packer games, like by myself or like with a friend. Yeah. I've never taken my family. Uh-huh. Took my family to a Bucks game a couple years ago before the new arena because I worked with a guy who had season tickets and he had a relationship with the ticket office where on an off night, weeknight, not a, a, a marquee team in town, that he got us uh, tickets in the lower bowl for 25 bucks a piece. Sweet. So the six of us went. So right there, you're at 150. And then snacks, dude. Five, eight, ten dollar ice cream. And it's the it's the five, eight, ten dollar beer and and the hot pretzels and the beer. You know, you got to do a little bit of that. You know. Oh yeah. So even probably get your kid the the horns that light up. (laughs) Even with a guy on the inside getting me tickets for next to nothing that night still cost us like because and. We went out to eat beforehand. A couple hundred bucks. Like a block from yeah. the place. A few hundred bucks. Yeah. We're, in, we're into this for a few hundred bucks for one game. Yeah. You know, that's a... We've done it once. We've been to one game together. And it was super fun. We had a fucking blast. It was two or three or four years ago in the Bradley Center. Uh, fun game. Bucks won. Croft used to get uh, to play at the Bradley Center for Bucks games. Like in the atrium and stuff. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They haven't invited him into the new place, and he's a little bitter about it. Little chap. Oh, little chap. oh no! I don't know if bitter might be strong. So, it, like, and I've been to some Packer games, like single ticket type of thing. Um, a good friend of mine, his aunt, uh, they're from Manitowoc. They had some season tickets in the family. I'd get to go to the coldest game of the year every year. Hmm. It happened to be the Lions, like three years in a row. Had a fucking blast. Printed on the ticket. A hundred dollars? I mean, I got it for, I, I don't even remember if he made me pay. You know, it was just, a. he's that good a dude. Hmm. Uh, That's nice. And the last time I went to a game, I went with uh, my buddy Brost. He's got bro in his name. He's got bro in his name. Sweet. Uh, pretty decent tickets. I think face value was a hundred. Took, Max and I went. Uh, that was his first and only experience up there. This guy brought his son. Uh, yeah, so just a face value ticket is like a hundred dollars. It's it's out. You guys are so lucky that the annual 
corporate solving everything trip is going to be to a Brewers game. Oh my god! I wow. know that's nice. Oh my god! <laughs> Dad's excited. Yeah. <laughs> I drive by these places all the time, delivering Pfizer for them and and deliver it to the Good City Brewing Company that's in its shadow there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I th- I think about that and i also drive by the Summerfest grounds pretty regularly and a similar thought sort of occurs to me every time almost which is mm. i don't want to fight through a big crowd of mm. people to do almost anything except travel if i need to get into an airplane to get somewhere cool then mm. it's worth it but you know, Isn't there you know. something a little exciting and being like, am I section 1A? Where are we? Look at my ticket. 1F? No. Okay, we got to go keep going past the hot dog stand. When I was okay, young, no maybe. Way. When I was younger, yeah. but I'm just, now I've done it and it's like, oh, that sounds like a pain in my balls. It's are funny. you not going on the corporate trip then? Because I mean, I'll go. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> we'll if we can spot. go to the zoo first, it's close. Corporate outing. <laughs> Uh, funny you mentioned Summerfest. Uh, one of the greatest experiences that my family has ever had, except for Quincy. Sorry, sorry, Bob. Was seeing Green Day in Green Bay Ooh. at the Resch Center. Resch Center is like a ten thousand seat arena. It was. It rhymes. There's ever. I love everything about that Green Day at Green Wait, Bay. Wait, oh, I remember epic. you talking about oh, this epic. concert. Yeah. America well, Idiot I era. Up about it. Yeah. yeah. So Lori and me and the three older boys went. How old is Quincy now? Quincy's twelve now. All right, he can come to the corporate. Trip. But two, three years ago, he was like, you know, nine or eight. Like, just not ready to. Sure. Be in a dark it's place. Late. It's late. With loud music yes. at night, you know, yeah. it just wasn't ready. Um. And I've always just, of, of course, I've always been like, anytime Green Day is within driving distance, I'm going to go see them. I will pay whatever they ask because it's worth it. They're so awesome. Wow. They put on such a show. Hmm. Before the pandemic, they announced the Hella Mega Tour. <laughs> That's the name of the tour. Last year. Hella Mega. <laughs> the Hella Mega Tour. Green Day, Weezer, oh. Fallout Boy. I have less for Fallout Boy. Really grown to like Weezer over the years, though. I like Weezer a lot now. They're okay. And then the pandemic comes, so that's out the window. But I believe me, I was working the phones. Ah. And I was texting people like, Chicago or Minneapolis, what are we going to do? What do you guys think? Because it wasn't coming to Wisconsin. Oh, it was in uh, okay. stadiums. It was at like Wrigley Field and Target Field up in uh, Minneapolis. So oh. I was, the phone lines were hot. What do you guys think? There's Pluses and minuses to both of them. Mm-hmm. Chicago's like on a Thursday night. Parking is tough. And it's this far. Yeah. And it's going to be everything down there is really expensive and yes. blah, blah, blah. And Minneapolis is like a Tuesday night. And we know more people up there. Tuesday. But Ugh. it's farther. Terrible. It's, you know, it's Choices. Longer. Yeah. So we were just like doing the math and then it just fell apart because of the pandemic. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. And now, so the Hello Mega Tour is back. Ooh. And they added a date in Columbus, Ohio. Too far. And Milwaukee. Milwaukee's close. Summerfest. Yay. They added oh. Summerfest. That's a big deal. On September 1st. Okay. And immediately, I'm doing the math. It's before Labor Day. Yeah. So school won't be going on yet. Yeah. It's the end of the summer. Wait, September 1st? It's going to be our, okay. our last blowout of the summer. Mm-hmm. This is perfect. I 
pulled everyone individually because we're never together. Yeah. I had to get people individually off of their Xbox and ask them, <laughs> hey, tough. Would you guys be down with some Green Day this fall? And everybody was just like, fuck, yeah. Mm. Is Quincy, Maybe they were saying, fuck you, dad. Is Quincy <sighs> excited? Well, no. But that's Quincy's nature. Okay. He has to be dragged to everything kicking and screaming. He will be once he gets there. That's though. right. Okay. So tickets go on sale on a certain Friday morning. And Whew. you better believe that I was online, logged in, ready to go. Yeah. When the tickets went on sale. And, of course, they don't show you any prices or anything until you get through the wall. Is that right? If you go before the sale starts, we did. there was no pre-sale or whatever that yeah. I knew of. You just get a ticking clock oh. that tells you to get logged in. Oh, my God. Be ready with your payment. And all I that. would have given up already. So, as soon as they like, went we'll live. tickets in the parking lot. And you can start clicking around in the arena there to see how much seats are deals, you know. the cheapest tickets were a hundred dollars a piece because ouch you have six people in your family tickets yes and tickets include admission to Summerfest also so there's a fucking gate charge just to get into That's that bullshit mess and the lawn seats were a hundred uh, down under the canopy the back row of the like seated area 172 what and it just as you I mean, but I didn't even check the front. I mean, because why? Why even? So even a, even a, the cheapest seat was like 172. And right there, I'm like, times six? Are you fucking kidding me? Or in the lawn even. Yeah, you could go to Florida. And what if it rains? And yeah. Man, blah, 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 blah. What if know. we stole a boat and drove it? Yeah. And parked it near. I like this idea. Well, it's Because September it's on 1st. the lake. It's on the we lake. We have time to plan. It's fine. After the Brewer game. Come or how, let's just get scuba gear. I like Suit that too. Up. I like that too. I like it. So kayak. Did you get the tickets? No. I just come on. I just there are there are limits, you know. Like when we saw him at the Resch Center. Do you know how many records this guy's been buying lately in jerseys too? <laughs> I mean, he's got to tighten his belt. Chris. Can we sneak your family into Summerfest? Is the question. I might be able to do it in my delivery van. Yeah, I could pull up like I'm, I'm delivering wine to the festival and be shows Dan's whole family and all the dogs with, could like, be in the back of my making van. Making some graphic design passes or something. We just need a good lanyard. Lanyard with uh, We go in there Ace Ventura style. <laughs> yep. We pull a big frond off of a nearby plant, <laughs> hold it over our face, walk past, no one notices. Jiggle the keys in the lock. Yeah. Uh, I forget what it cost us to see him in Green Bay. It was plenty pricey, but it wasn't no hundred bucks. It Green was, Bay is Green Bay. Summerfest is a totally it was different a thing. Reasonable ticket, and we had a meal beforehand, and so on. And it was an expensive night, but it was worth it. But it's just hmm. every I'm once out, in a man. while you got every, me. I'm out. Every once in a while, you got to go big, right? Like that's why you work. And I and went into was... it with that attitude: like we don't do things very often. I don't care what these tickets cost. We're going to this because it's fucking worth it. Yeah. Because we'll be talking about this for the rest of our lives. And then I just, I, I choked. I was like, no. I, I was listening to some pod somewhere. It's 600 like a, just to get in? What was that? It's like, a, it's going to be $800 for sure. Can't remember the source of Parking. this. I mean, yeah. The Every, source of this interview, though, there was like a, a psychiatrist what are talking we doing? about. $600 just to go yeah. see a concert with your family? That's, that's, no, that's ridiculous. unfortunate. It's 
it's making it out of reach. It's putting stuff like that yeah. out of reach for the people it was designed to entertain. Uh, but, yeah. But the but there was there are psychological studies that sort of measure the joy or the satisfaction that people get from their possessions and from mm. the material things that they acquire, like their great car that. They're only really thinking about when they're driving it. So you should sell your car to go to this concert. I think is that that's what well, you're getting at. Well, right? but the thing that was <laughs> last that is more lasting and meaningful in terms of, you know, uh, the the experiences of of seeing a great show or going to an amazing park or whatever you do, the mm-hmm. way that you invest in enhancing your life through you know, these great lived experiences, that's the wealth. That's yeah. the good stuff. That's mm. And it would be epic, but it just... The thing that keeps rewarding you later. It's to, tough to, to pull the trigger on that much money, yeah. for it sure. Is. Yeah, uh, With the unknowns, like you said, what if it's rain but or it's hard drizzly? To, it's, it's hard to pull the trigger for... It's hard to pull the trigger on a new water softener and a lot of other things for people who have families and budgets and stuff, but... You know, so to make it a priority and say, no, this isn't a luxury. This is how I enjoy my life a little bit. And but it'd be like, different if $100 got you a, an actual seat. He's talking like put a blanket on the ground for $100 probably, right? Like lawn seats. Are we just and sounding you can't, old like, well, And you're watching this. them on the screen because you can't see them. They're yeah, probably two far inches away. big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, just, uh, it's rough. For that kind of show, if it were like a fish show or something where the audience is as much experience as it is what's happening on the stage and it's sort of like the vibe is emanating. But with Green Day, I feel like you want to see them perform like you want. What would the what would the ideal context be to see Green Day in a shitty little (gasps) punk club? Orpheum. I think the Resch Center was ideal. It was it was big but small. Green Bay. And the crowd was rabid uh. it was absolutely and i didn't expect that i mean i've always hmm. it took me a long time to come around on green day and to even kind of decide that they're in my take them into your heart take them into my heart and then once i did though you know um i was not ready for what they brought and after the green day experience the green bay experience the green Bay big green surprise bay experience I texted some people and one friend that I texted actually had the availability and a little bit of money in his pocket and was able to go see him in Minneapolis like the next night. And he was like, dude, okay, if you say so, Hmm. it's up here. I'm doing it. Me and my wife got nothing going on. Uh, We're going. Mm -hmm. It better be good. And I was like, all right, man. And you didn't back down from it. You just doubled down at that point, and you're like, "Yeah, money no. well spent. Congrat, you're welcome." I just, yeah, you're welcome, Rob. Keith. <laughs> and sure enough, that night or the next day, a text as long as my arm. Wow. Of just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I'm so glad you said something. Huh. Uh, and then we just we went back and forth all day into Great. the week. We went on and on about it. They realize. Whatever their 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 punk roots and all that, and the the sweaty club roots and all that, mm-hmm. they realize that they're there to give you what you want. They play the fucking hits. 
and it's just a relentless assault of hits and a, a band that's been around as long as they have their catalog is very deep and do they improvise it was a relentless barrage of hits is the arrangement very little very improvisation stock, like just it was not very improvised they give it to you like you remember it stay true to the exactly classic shut up and play stuff. the fucking chorus you know they shut up and play the hits they, they you know uh, what i would think that that uh like the rolling stones and other groups that i can think of that played in into middle age and beyond mm-hmm. you know we're able to make it work because some of what they did at least was pretty loose and bluesy and mm-hmm. like they could lay back into it a little bit but green day's high fucking energy high energy to be a 40 going on 50 year old dude and have to keep up with yourself as a 20 year old guy that's performance wise dude yeah their music is very intense right and uh tell me what it does to you when you hear them play it can't possibly be loud enough it can never be loud enough okay and so to see it in person was to be in the same room with them i guess based on current pricing it was once in a lifetime so it like can't be loud enough becomes a part so of intense. your DNA when you grow up with these songs, right? It's mm-hmm. like in your bones. So there's it's very nostalgic. The sound of those is associated with a right. lot of parties and and yeah, life experiences that you've had that that's been the soundtrack too. They that's all flooding. They're in. playing the the dookie stuff. They're playing like when I come around and bite my lip and close my eyes. And doesn't the lead singer play bass? Uh, no. no, he's a little guitar player. Okay, power chords only. Only oh, power chords. Yeah, <laughs> they have an additional guy. They have another guy that plays solos. Well, they he's capable of solos too, but for a live show, they have a a fourth guy. Okay. A second guitar so that there can be rhythm in Primarily, though, they were a lean hit-making machine of three. Three-piece, yeah. Punk yeah. three-piece. Um, they're playing the basket case, you know? Like, do you they come the right time? off of hyping the crowd up right into the do you have the time to... Listen. And then the whole American Idiot catalog. What's the song where they go, you know, fucking crazy. That's bite my lip and close my eyes, my take me away to paradise. Yeah, that's the uh, that's uh, the riff I was uh, thinking of. Uh, doom, 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 doom. Uh, I don't I don't know the name of it. Sitting I, brown I know the song. Yeah. He has an unusual. He's like a. There was always a weird parallel in my mind. This might seem like a jump. I don't know even, why we're talking about Green Day, but I'm in. I even even looks-wise, he's I'll do this kind, all night. It's kind of like a punk McCartney. They are punk. Yeah. They started punk. But, Good but, songwriters, but too. But McCartney... For real. The McCartney parallel, because, first of all, the, he looks like he might be his bastard son, if you look at the pictures. But then, very a hooky, melodic writer. Yes. You know, wrote a lot of earworms, like Paul could... Write a melody that you just could not forget if you tried. What was that song called? Uh, Good Riddance? That's I Hope You Had the Time of Your Life, which, of course, they closed no, the no, night no. with. The one oh, where you're boy. fucking blah, blah. What, what was that one? I just want Good to Riddance is I Good Hope Riddance. You Had the Time okay. of Your Life. They closed with... They you... closed with I Hope You Had the oh, Time of Your Life. Oh, God. And they dropped... Tears. Uh, confetti. They dropped Green Day confetti on the place. Come on. And I filled my pockets with it. And uh, I have like a Ziploc bag full of it. Oh my god! And it was so fucking awesome. Where do, do you keep that next to your World War II artifacts and uh, that you collect? There's or? a place. All my ticket stubs and whatnot. Yeah, okay. that's a special. Uh, mm. 
I just uh, they every every song was a fucking hit. There was no like lull. There was no dead spot. It was. I'm still. I'm just still goosebumpy and like shaken up about Green it. Day. It so when you awesome. hear this pod, you got to send some tickets to. Yeah. Just send it to hello at chriskadams.com for Dan. They're huge on... Um, Six tickets, please. They're huge on like call and response. They do a certain oh, amount of that, but they don't amazing. overdo it. They, they don't overdo it. They they know that the audience knows and loves their stuff, though, and they let them, they let them sing along. And, the, and yes. That, yeah. And they do it in a cool way. Like, he won't sing a certain line. Like, he'll he'll be doing a chorus, and then he'll just... Turn it out and listen to the arena echo. With. And on cue, the whole crowd will fill in the blank of whatever it is. Uh, it's yeah, unmatched. They are unmatched. Bite my lip and close my no. eyes. Take me away to paradise. He's, He's talking about masturbating. Playing with his son. I'm so damn bored. I'm going blind and I smell like shit. Oh. No, I'm gonna make... I smell like shit. That's a nice poetic close to your line. I'm going to make another... They're punk. I'm going to make a this was Chris poetry. analogy here. Not to anal sex, necessarily. <laughs> Not to gram- grandparents wearing anal sex shirts. I'm yeah. so sorry. No what gaping. happened to me? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a Dr. Seuss analogy. When we talked what? about Dr. Seuss a few weeks ago, wow. it occurred to me in the moment... That all of the disparate uh, Dr. Seuss books out there in the catalog, Mm -hmm. they all plausibly exist in the same universe. Mm -hmm. Like book to book to book, you can see that maybe the Green Eggs and Ham dudes live in this same universe as the Lorax people, just in a different country. Of that, it's the artist. Oh, We're on a different planet of that universe. Yeah, and Grinch is yeah down the road. And they're all related. To your point about Green Day songwriting, that it's hooky and earwormy, mm-hmm. but it's meaningful too. There is a through line that goes all the way from the punk days till right now. Yeah. Of this un satisfied angst this kind of teen angst that they never really lost Mm -hmm. the themes of the songs are and they don't they don't have to that maybe less is more here they just all the songs of their entire life their lifetime catalog all exist in the same universe and great bands can do that so that like when they play them in a concert they can play their very first hit and their very latest song, mm. and they work side by side. Got it. They're not. It's never corny. It's never like it's not two. Di- the, it's not two different audiences either. It's not it's going like, to the well yeah, too yeah. much. They've just worked together. Every it's all yeah. in the same long songbook. Hmm. Yeah. It's not like who were we talking about earlier? Chicago. Sorry, mm. that yes. became a different band. Jefferson yes. Starship. There Were they ever Jefferson Airplane? There's uh, something really beautiful about yeah. that, that they evolved and yet stayed. It the, didn't sell out, man. Whatever it was that kept them the beautiful thing that they are just grew. Mm-hmm. It didn't, Billy they Joe's didn't a guy that Billy Joe's else. a guy that had, has had demons, though, and struggled, from what I understand, with some addiction and, 
Absolutely. You know, yep. stuff in his life. Canceled and, some dates. Uh, but then kind of we'll, went off the grid there for a while. Went off the reservation. But then we'll make a, a an album of Everly Brothers cover songs with Nora Jones. Exactly. Uh, as a side well, project, I and them uh, as- after a while, yeah, it's it's nice to see that he he has the freedom you remember that the freedom to sort of do a Broadway musical, whatever the fuck he wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he. He doesn't. It's like he doesn't have anything to prove at this point. There was something just, about when they came out with that. You know, uh, there's. A, I hope you have the time of your life. That song that you said riddance, they closed right? the store. I remember people were like, "What the fuck? This isn't you know sellout." They felt betrayed, and they were like, "Right, there's always going to be that." They're like, yep. "This is punk when you do what you want, regardless of what other people think yeah, of but, you. That's punk music. So fuck y'all. We like this song." And we're going to play it because we fucking like it. Or, you know what I mean? It was sort of like... And it's great. Yes. And it's a great song. It stands out. But I really like that. It was It's like, a little bit like the Beatles when Don't they, pigeonhole yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He can, he can also do this. Yeah. I can do what I want. Yeah. And then I can go back and kick ass in the way that you like and play distorted guitar. Or... And, you know... Yeah. This is how we learned how. Maybe. This is how... This was part of the... How we became what we are. Yeah. You just don't hear it a lot. We don't do this a lot, but this is kind of like what we... We have this gear, too. Dan's going to get free tickets from Green Day to go see them at Summerfest. Oh, when they hear this. And we're having a corporate getaway at Miller Park. Oh, right. And I'm going to slide down the slide when someone hits a home run like the mascot. Yes. the mascot, I'm going <laughs> to... You've got to grow a me. huge handlebar mustache for that, though, like Bernie Brewer. Done. You can do that, right? Done. Does In a week. Ever... You can do that before we leave tonight, dude. <laughs> If you just concentrate. I've already started with this tight Don Johnson-like beard in Miami Vice. That's kind of what I'm rocking right now. I think if you put your mind to it, like bear down, you could have a Fu Manchu by the time we leave. A you know what Man- I love about baseball is if someone like streaked the field, <laughs> the baseball players wouldn't even like bat an eye. They'd just be like... That would be an interesting way for us to broadcast, now? to advertise our pod if we did a triple streak. <laughs> With solving everything sort of across our bodies. And then we had to be all together to put the message together. Just spitballing. Then, but they're so mel- They'd be like, some streakers on the field. <laughs> this will be an extra five minute delay. Yeah. I want to get tackled but by security just, while I'm naked before my life is over. Just, once. I mean. That's just one afternoon out of 162 <laughs> for those guys. They're just like. And if you guys were serious about getting listeners for this project, there was two you'll do this right? with me. <laughs> we'll be right behind you. You go first. Okay. I guess you guys want to toil away in obscurity forever. <laughs> Whatever. Your call. But I'm ready. That's what we got to do, I guess. Uh... All right. You got me. How fast are you? Can you outrun the security? I... It's not about outrunning. It's about my moves, Chris. It's about my pivots. <laughs> and I grew up studying Barry Sanders. I'm not going to say that I am the white middle-aged Barry Sanders, but I've got some... Unhappy. I've heard it said, though. So you're going to be wearing cleats. Naked, Just but cleats. cleats. Well, cleats are critical because you're running on turf. Boy, you're going to need the traction. <laughs> or, or sand. I might try and take a couple bases. I think this involves stealing the hot dog costume. And then shedding it in the middle of the the brat. That's an epic streak. If you somehow knocked out the mascot 
or poisoned his hot dog or something so that he just went to, with a sedative and he went to sleep. Take the uniform. Take the uniform off. Get your cleats on. But you're, you're naked and is it a rip away thing? It's got to be Velcro in the As back. much as I want to run naked <laughs> in a baseball game, dude. On live TV. How, how incredible would it be to inhabit the sausages and be in the sausage race? The most hilarious seventh inning gag of any of, of them all, baseball team ever. The uh, who is it? Usingers, the Usingers sausages. Yum. So they, you have to dress like a bacon. huge foamy sausage and run in it. But that we can't really cross promote. We can't really cross promote there. That that the sausage race is about the sausage race. Okay. Unless we like <gasps> we get done and then we throw off the. What our, if right. what if top what if when we streaked we tackled the sausages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fun to think about, but it's kind of oh, that'd be sacrilegious. We would be goats. We would be for hated that move. for yeah. Well, no, no, no publicity is bad publicity. People, Ta- people aren't too fond of streakers at all. Is, is I'm sorry, to... but a six foot seven naked man tackling a Usinger sausage and cleats, maybe taking three out in one, just sort of huge <laughs> oh. dive. Oh, they're they're so beloved. I don't. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to. I don't know anybody. if I've got that. In Where me. no one can touch the sausages, then we'll keep our hands off the sausages. And they have such delightful stereotypical affect. Like mm-hmm. there's an Italian sausage with a big curly mustache. No, stereotype. and he wears like a red yeah. and blue striped thing and a yeah smells like oregano. And then there's the chorizo who wears a sombrero and has a big mustache. I think they how all come have a big they're mustache. not in trouble for stuff like this? Yeah, already? this sounds. This is starting to sound silence. <laughs> we should stop talking about this before we start. Do we're they have a? I don't want to start shit against the sausages. There's a no mustache. On well, the, the bratwurst wears Brace. lederhosen and has blonde hair and has the hat with the little feather in it. Sure, the German hat. So that's the bratwurst. We got German, Mexicans, we, and we Italians. We got the chorizo. And oh what's the God. other one? Uh, what's the fourth? I'll look it up for you. What's the fourth want. pillar of the? There's not a hot dog involved with like an American Trump hat on or something. Is, is there just a regular? It's the sausage race at Miller Park, but it's not called Miller Park anymore, right? It's called. It's a, That's the right. Sausage it's like... race is a race of sausage mascots held before the bottom of the sixth inning at every home game of the Wrong Brewers. Game. Jesus. It began as a promotion for Clements, <laughs> hmm. for Clement Sausage, which is in Milwaukee. And how can we get? Oh, the notable contestants. The oh god. Oh, ball players have raced as sausages. Did you guys know that? Oh, Shocking. it's an honor. It's a huge honor. A handful of I sports if Bob journalists has. have. Oh no, it people. It's not easy to get into those costumes and do the. It race. looks like Lederhosen. The. I'm going to have to pause this. Maybe that is it's, a hot dog. There's just like not, a white guy in a baseball hat. It's not listing it. Sausage. You know, I got to tell a quick story. My dad, my son is graduating. Uh, he had just had his last day of school. Here, oh, here. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you one second. It's the bratwurst, the Polish sausage, which oh, is kibasa, the, the Italian sausage, and then since the early 1990s, two new sausages. Two. The, the hot smoking. dog. Oh. And the chorizo. Chorizo. The hot dog. So there is a hot dog in there. And uh, my dad is a uh, pig farmer, takes his pork very seriously. 
is gonna grill and do a bunch of pork stuff for Oliver's party, mm. and it's a it's a it's a big deal to him, family tradition, this kind of thing, and we're just working out some logistics and talking today, and he's asking me what kind of breakers I got if they can handle the, you know, stuff that he needs to plug in to oh do God. his cooking, and I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. Uh, huh. Doesn't sound like him. Yeah, a generator. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> we, we may need a yeah, separate power source. <laughs> but then he was like, well, you, and you got your little grill there. I mean, we could keep stuff warm in there. I was like, yeah, throw a couple hot dogs under the kids. And he said, oh, whoa, whoa. there will be no hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was insulted. And oh. then, then he suggested that the contents of hot dogs, you've heard lips and assholes before. Oh, like of course. Yeah. But yeah. For, yeah. foreskins. No. He threw that into the mix Come and suggested on. that uh, hot dogs were foreskins. Why not just the whole thing? Why Do the foreskin? Do pigs get circumcised? Yeah, like why would, hmm. who would bother circumcising? No. Jewish people don't eat pork, do they? It's the whole thing. <laughs> it's going to be penises, buttholes, and lips. That's what's in a hot dog. I think everything. Anyway, there, foreskins. I don't think there's quality control there's for hot dog be. ingredients. I'm still working through the juice. <laughs> can they eat pork or just if it's kosher? I have no idea. I don't. I have no idea. We need to do our homework or this not is at a research all. Question. I, I'm, I'm not, thinking it. I think it's not at all. I'm I not Jewish. No pork at all. Well, I don't. And here's a question, no. real I'm quick. Sort of Jewish. Before we move on, Jeez. and then you can explain. Yes. You guys, is there, we are the worst. I don't think that needs we any explanation. So, we're just I'm, I'm kind of Jewish. All right. Haven't been exposed to the culture and haven't been curious enough to I will explain. research it. But is there, on a more serious note, Yes. can you, off the top of your head, think of anything grosser to eat mm. than a cold hot dog? Squid? Cold hot dog? Really gross. A cold hot dog? I've known people just... That weren't dogs that would snack on that. I would. I would eat that. I could. You need a cold hot dog could, out of the refrigerator. If it was sliced yeah. in a pinch. Yeah. If it was sliced. Oh. It's bologna. Oh. It tastes like bologna. Yeah. I, she's got me with like the squid. Like I couldn't do that. No way. I couldn't. Eat. Never. How about there's the, a lot of creatures of the sea that I am not going to tangle. I with. will never eat menudo yeah. again. I don't care how they prepare That's it. That's pig intestine. That's I can't. Disgusting. It's got shit in it still a little bit probably. It's disgusting. It smells like poop. It is horrible. No, it's 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 in like a. I had a friend who was, um, her his family was making Mexican dishes. He was Gabian. He was uh, no Gabino. Gabian's my nephew, and so he took. I was hungover, and he took me to his family's house, and she was making this traditional Mexican dish, and it was menudo, and it made the whole house smell like pig intestines, which was disgusting, delightful, and all mm. of his. Mexican family had a good laugh as Gringo Lady over here tried the pig intestine soup and like almost threw up uh. into her bowl and just ended up eating tortillas. You gave tortillas. it the old Indiana Jones try though. Like, I did my, I did my. <laughs> you're insulting them. That's right. And you're embarrassing me. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> That's right. They all loved it, and I was like, "This is the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted." And they all laughed, really? and they, really? they're like, "Here's some tortillas." And I'm like, thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, no. That's that Chevy Chase and Three Amigos too. You guys have anything other than Mexican food? <laughs> if it was a choice between a cold hot dog and pig intestines. Cold hot dog. Chris, when you ate the intestines, did you turn verde? Every 
good job. <laughs> that high school Spanish is coming back every time. No, I could knock out a cold hot dog, no problem. I'm pretty conditioned. Uh, wow. It's a horror. It's pigs and certain kinds of shellfish in the Bible for a Jew not to eat, mm. apparently. Certain types of shellfish. My family is uh, sort of Jewish. Uh, we consider Saturday to be the Sabbath. So that's why we say we're Jewish. Why do you consider Saturday to be the Sabbath? Because the week was fucking brutal. And the day that I'd rather like do nothing is Saturday ah. than Sunday. Because then Sunday is the day that we kind of like... Gear back up. I, that's when I'm going to... If I, I'm going to fire up the grill or like do a little project or something or, you know, get get geared back up for the week. So our we consider Saturday our Sabbath. As I recall... At times, Saturday morning, you'd be doing Sudoku. Oh, yeah. And like eating bacon. Weekend mornings are... This is my morning. Coffee. puzzles and Sudoku. Fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) I've earned it. I did enough this week. Yeah. I deserve it. Hmm. That's the only only kind of Jewish uh, tie that we have. Are you circumcised? No comment. What do you guys think of circumcision? I'm a white guy born in the Ooh, 70s. This is a good topic. Whoa. Circumcision. Okay. We yes both are. Yes. Or no. Not for my own son. I couldn't bring myself to pull that trigger with my with my son. We also did not circumcise really? our kids. Mm-mm. I bet they're going to love that we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Te- weird that girls don't Teenagers have- love things like that. And uh, well, being a woman is is all kinds of more difficult than being a man. I I get that, but that is one nice bullet that females get to dodge. Do they not? Like nobody uh, cuts. Not their, everywhere. Nobody. Yeah, not everywhere. But in America, at least, they don't cut their <laughs> hashtag more on women. It 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 yeah. absolutely happens in other parts of the world, but it's considered brutal, like a form right. of right. sexual it's, brutality. But in in by us. We consider it a in form of America, sexual brutality. In America, though, circumcision is not considered a form of sexual brutality like against boys, which Wait, is weird. Pump the brakes here. In other parts of the world where women are circumcised, is it considered... Not circumcised. It's... What's the word where the clit is like sliced off? Oh. Uh, I've heard it referred to as female circumcision. Is okay. that? I think that's the... Oh, that's the gentle way of saying it, because a lot of cultures, I don't know about a lot, but there are cultures that do that because we can't have the the women folk enjoying the sex. Feeling good. No, those vixens, they will be out there tempting. Uh, We cannot have that. Yeah, but 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 with the dick, it's just a cleanliness thing, right? Like the foreskin traps bacteria. So that's the background of why we take that. piece. I believe so. If I'm, yeah. If so the not. rumors are true, <laughs> that, that's yes. That's what I learned in sex ed. Or maybe it just looks weird. And <laughs> I it, think it's just it's tradition. We might be ill prepared. Genital mutilation. It's, it's genital mutilation either way, male or female. Except it's yeah. the norm for men in this country, and it's not the norm to be for mutilated. Women. So yeah, no. To answer the question about our sons, with the exception of the Jewish people who do do it for religious reasons, my understanding. Yes, is. yes. Everybody else, where it's not for religion, it's just habit at this point. Why Comedians 
and Seinfeld have taught me that it is a religious thing. You can talk. You can Judaism keep an uncircumcised penis clean. It's quite easy to do. People all over the world do it. There's no reason, Jeanette, th- for the hygiene issue. It's just this weird mutilation. That's thing how that it's sold to us here in the United yes. States. Yeah, and it's a weird, a weird sort of uh, explanation totally or just bizarre. justification for like, well, they're babies. You don't really remember the trauma or the pain of having a piece of your genitals right. chopped off. <laughs> right. That's a face. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sold. I this think we're just going to leave my son's penis alone. Thanks. This is one it's of gross th- enough for me to cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> it's one of those weird things where the United States has just a huge blind spot of like, nothing wrong with us. You know, we don't have any issues that need to be looked at at all. It's like, well, what about the mutilization? Like, what about what? putting the foreskins in the hot dog, dude? Yeah, I don't know if I have a take a take on that. Hmm. Um, it was it was just part of the blur of being in the hospital, you know. Like, did they ask or did they just say, "Now we do this"? I, I think they ask, hmm. and we just like it's just part of the blur. Like, your baby's been alive for or has been on the outside for four to six hours. I don't know. And they just show up and cart him away and mm-hmm. you're grateful for a break. Uh, and they come back and they're crying. And every time you change a diaper, you have to put a big wad of Vaseline on there. And I wouldn't know. But I decided before. It heals pretty quick. You know? It wasn't like a decision that had to be made in the moment. It was a decision. Like I made the decision when pregnant with my husband it was like why do is there a good reason why we would do this no okay let's not that same same thing like are we are we going to try to breastfeed yeah cloth diaper no cloth diaper it was kind of like in the list yeah, of just questions. in the bullet list of like uh-huh and i was in kind of a very madison progressive sort of vibey let it be group. natural as natural as possible. Yeah. Some to the extreme of like attachment parenting people. As opposed to now when you're like a right wing zealot. <laughs> right. Some to just Times to get, change. If you an example of like they some women would be like, if you put your baby in a stroller and you're pushing them away from you, that's traumatic for them. So you have to always be wearing your baby in a carrier day or night, respond to them at every given moment. <laughs> like that so like there's that extreme okay and that was sort of voices i was hearing and then there's others like you need to breastfeed on demand even if it means you don't sleep and so it's kind of like the spectrum was coming from that end and then there was like the other end of things which would be like my family of origin which would be like you just do what the hospital tells you to do Mm. don't ask questions and if you you know, if breastfeeding works, great. If it doesn't work, there's always formula. And so it's kind of like wide range. But like, just to give you an example, we came home with um, Wyatt not knowing his name. I didn't know that you could leave the hospital without knowing your baby's name. But his name's Wyatt. You and- didn't know that yet? <laughs> we didn't know. He wasn't named for probably a good two months. Hmm. And one of the nurses at the hospital had given birth at home. And she's like, well, you know, you have a year. 
to name your baby. And I'm like, I thought we had to name this baby at the hospital and we're having trouble with a name. And she's like, no, it just makes it a little easier with the paperwork, but Mm. take as long as you want. And so I think there's all kinds of things like choices that you don't even know that you have. And if a nurse comes in the room and it's like, okay, we're going to go get this baby circumcised. And you're like, okay, see you in like, you know, an hour, whatever. I think it's just the norm. I don't think you don't question. It's like minutes. I don't think people even question. Yeah. They're just like, okay, that's what we do in America. Well, that was a long roundabout way. Well, you're, you're intimidated by the hospital environment too. And they're the authorities and this is a scary thing, but they do it every day. And I remember when my children were born, there was a emergency cesarean procedure that had to happen. So you're going, Ah, scary. You're going from for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going from hoping everything goes well, doing it, you know, the natural way, pushing and all of that, to they're carting your, you know, pregnant wife off for surgery, and you're just getting changed into scrubs (gasps) so that you can go sit, stand by the edge of the bed. Could you get in the room? Yeah, they let me in, and then they put a... Sheet. A sheet yeah. up. Thank you, dude. Uh, put a sheet up. And I could see the guys who were doing the work, like the nurses and things, standing around her on the other side of the sheet. And my attention would kind of go from one to the other, to, from my then wife to the to the nurse. And I was freaking out. Oh, uh, yeah. You know. It's major surgery. Yeah. And the wellness of your baby is not guaranteed at this point there's a lot of questions that you have that are fucking intense and and you're trying to i was trying to comfort the mother and be as reassuring as i could while still freaking out and it was the face i remember of the nurse who who does this every day maybe multiple times a day Mm. looking down at me giving me a nod and sort of it's okay dad yeah this is pretty routine you know this is gonna be fine yeah everything's gonna be fine yeah i've done five of these today yeah that allowed me to you know settle down enough to just but he had (laughs) he had my son had endured so much stress because he wasn't coming out you know directly he was at an odd angle and they'd put they'd hooked a monitor into his scalp so there was a wire coming out i think i remember that i think one of ours had that and they didn't hook the first one in well enough so they had to he had a couple wires that they Mm. were monitoring and one of them was working anyway so when they did the cesarean they just clipped the monitor the wires uh. And pulled him out, and he had these fucking wires dangling <laughs> off his head, and he was screaming, oh and I was God. just like, "Duh, <laughs> alien baby!" <laughs> you know. But he's graduated. Don't touch his penis. Yeah. <laughs> Hands off his cock. <laughs> Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh my now God. He's, he's about to graduate and spend the summer in Greece working at a marina in Lefkada. It's Get the fuck out of here. How's he doing that? Relatives, family over there, uh, his mom's side. But you're right in the a old sense country. that it's like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck you tell me to do. Thank, when you're in the yeah. hospital, you're, you're like... You're so grateful 
for their expertise that's right. and that they can handle this fucking mm-hmm. crisis. You just want to stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know. So if yeah. they say circumcision time, you're like, okay, cool. Who are you to say, wait a minute. Right. Unless you know that it's a question you can ask or a decision that's yours to make. A couple things. I seem to remember in our baby class. Hmm. Um, I'd love to see you in a baby class. Some talk about, uh, oh, I'm right at home. Second home. <laughs> Probably didn't question anything that was said by the instructor. Actually, not much. Um, I think they did talk about it, though, mm. that it's among the options because, yeah, I mean, that's the. We're in that era. We're in that world where you're empowered and, you know. We're in that town, too. You were in Madison? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners out there, they should check out Growing Beyond. <laughs> Hosted by Chris Adams. <laughs> Talks to her mother about birth. It is harrowing, to say the least. Some of those 70s birth stories are... Uh, Some of that real talk about stuff that we otherwise man. just kind of don't... Women, I think, for a long time weren't able to to yeah speak as openly about how much yeah. it hurts. And yeah. yeah the, and, well, anyway, so... Yeah. So yeah, tune into that, listeners. Check out Growing Beyond. And uh, what's your mom's name? Anne. Listen to old Anne Adams spin you a yarn Maybe about not how much it how hurts. Baby, where babies <laughs> come from back in the 70s. It's really something. It's jarring. Yeah. Especially for those of you who have been through it in the modern age. But yeah, our baby class, that was one of the many bullet items we went over was the choice to circumcise or not. I don't. We didn't think about it for a second. I mean, there's a billion other things to think about. Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah. Clean it up. You know what? It just wasn't. It wasn't a. Well, a lot of people want to do it because they want their child to not be like, "How come I don't look like dad?" If mm. they have, if their dad is circumcised. If I thought about it at all, it was more of like a gym class, locker roomy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's Madison, so you're gonna see all different kinds of right. junk out there. And you're not really supposed to be looking at another guy's dick anyway. Like when you're uh, at the urinal. Not supposed to be. But uh, <laughs> where I'm the just eyes saying, go. You look. <laughs> Is there a side talk? Like, there's a cock out there. You Jimmy's gotta... not circumcised. Did you notice? No. I'm sure it's happened. If you're uh, looking, I wonder if he was breastfed. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a bunch of junior high kids, right? <laughs> if I, uh, yeah, if I've ever heard it, I mean, no. Here's something that'll make you. That's all we ever talked about. It was interesting, though, Dan, to note. That someone in our circles, our extended circles, elected to have it done as an adult for any reason at all. He's not the only one. I there guess. wasn't an infection that was no. threatening to make him lose his penis or anything. He no. elected to safe do safe it. penis. Elective circumcision. <laughs> safe jump. And kind of, I might get circumcised again. This is a. You know, like when I turn 50. It's like a facelift for your penis. <laughs> I'm going to get re-circumcised. First one, never really took. You know what? My balls are really wrinkly, too. I think I'm going to get those tucked and just tighten it up a little uh, bit. Doc, can you take a little slack out of this scrotum? Wow. My balls are going to look like Kenny Rogers' face. Where? <laughs> Where did it go so wrong? 
They spot me while I play. I supply enthusiasm aimed at your indifference. Scan the floor for one tap and door bobbing here. There's a signal coming back on the same map for Rick and Frequency Wavelength. How's reception connection? Don't flip the dial. This your performance is commercial free. Is commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my seat. You're free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, but I need a new remote. I point and click, point and click. Flip around for a little more appreciation oh. from the crowd participation. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What if what the say is true? Less is more. More is what I'm 